0: Welcome back to APS Amplifier. This is the Pot of Greed, and today we've got a lot of interesting trading card game news um,
1: and some other things and
0: some Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. And Nintendo Direct to sort of go over and react to.
1: That was that was actually a fun watch. I hope you guys saw it.
0: So yeah, thanks as always for supporting the podcast. And I think we should probably kick it off with what seems to be the biggest TCG news: um, two products. Oh yeah, yeah, a yeah. few products that were announced. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually saw this in a press release, so kind of interesting stuff. There is going to be, for the first time, a two player starter deck set. So
1: I remember correct, if I remember correctly, we did a video with a two po- a two person starter deck set that was only released in Europe, right?
0: Yeah, they've done this sort of thing a little before. But I guess for the first time, they're going to be making a new one. So here's the product description. It's not super long. Um, the new Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG two-player starter set is the perfect way for any duelist to learn the ropes with a friend, their family, or all by themselves. Which sounds, like, weirdly lonely. Yeah, I don't know Sad. how you do it
1: by yourself. But Using right.
0: two different decks to go head-to-head, the starter set's 64-page comic book walks you through a scripted, non-randomized duel to teach Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG basics from the beginning, from your first card draw through summons and battles to the extra decks, synchronic Xyz monsters.
1: Wait, wait, okay, so... That you said something. You said something very interesting there. Yes. Um, there's a comic book.
0: Yeah, I was super. This is actually the part that caught my attention the most. Was outside of I guess the concept of the product, a comic book, which I'm assuming means manga. And I yeah, just maybe I mean, don't want to say manga kind of the assumption because like maybe here. more people would. But then relate to.
1: Not. I was very interested when you said that, but then I kind of got a little apprehensive.
0: Oh, in what way? Sixty four pages. Yeah, no, I guess that says a lot about what you. <laughs> I know learn people that can't
1: get through fifteen pages of like a normal book.
0: <laughs> so my assumption is that because it's like a comic book, there is maybe a bit of a story and some setup to it.
1: As long as there is lots of big yeah, pictures, yeah, like to big fill pictures, the and like
0: characters, um, and it teaches you, you know, all the basics. Something I noticed here is that they mention Synchro and Xyz monsters in the extra decks. Mm-hmm. So. um... Well, I'll get back to that in a second. So, after completing the teaching duel, the decks can be reassembled to go through it again or use a standard and complete dueling deck to launch your journey into the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG universe. Each two-player starter set includes two different 44-card decks. That's two 40-card main decks and then two four-card extra decks. So, a total of 80 commons and eight ultra-rares. And then a 64-page teaching comic book. Okay, and that's... So, that's the product blurb. Right. Your thoughts? Uh... Good bad I'm yes, no.
1: So I'm gen- so my my fur good, right? Okay. The first thing I have to say, it's a good step. Um now whether it gets an A versus a C or even a D, yeah that remains to so be t- seen. I but agree
0: with you. I sorry, you had Just
1: I just want to know what is Konami's idea of a um beginner friendly tutorial deck. What does that look like?
0: I know. I'm really curious about it myself. So yeah, my thoughts are pretty much the same. I think this is really good. I have said, and if you guys have watched this channel, you know, I've said for years that, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! needs a two-player product. Like, we need, like, kind of a... Because Pokemon has so much of this, and I think Magic has them too, where it's just these, like, two-player products that cost, like, 20 or maybe 30 bucks or whatever. You get two ready-to-play decks that are balanced for facing against each other. It's perfect for getting for you and a friend. Great for, like, younger players. A-plus for me, at least in terms of concept. Now, what these end up being, how accurately they represent what Yu-Gi-Oh! is today, that's kind of more open to interpretation. Like, is it going to be
1: filled with this 1001 a, a vanilla monsters? And
0: I'm assuming it's going to be more a little bit more complex than that, but if they do that, then well. Because, I mean, you can you can make synchros with vanillas, and you can make Xyz with vanillas, too. Because like. it's always been a bit of a, a hassle is like, you know, you can't obviously, I guess, throw its branded deck into a starter deck like, just staying and give you everybody. and like Maybe you can if they're
1: following a comic book that tells them how to do it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get to that in a second because I have thoughts on that. But I do think that, like, it would be nice if they can try to make these not feel too dumbed down and rudimentary to where they maybe misrepresent what you're getting into when you play Yu-Gi-Oh. I feel you like know it's I mean? hard
1: not to misrepresent when the staple cards of yesteryear that were great for learning the game back then are so irrelevant now it's not even funny
0: yeah it's gonna be tricky and then also like the way that you know like Yu-Gi-Oh kind of guys will do this thing where it's like you know this is a monster card like here's its level and like here's how much attack and stuff it has and all these things but really like so little of it kind of means anything when the game is playing out
1: mm-hmm.
0: like it, it means a lot and yet it doesn't and so it's yeah that's something that's always going to be like kind of hard to I think accurately convey in a structure deck, but I, or a starter deck, but I'm rooting for them. Now I noticed that they say synchro and Xyz monsters. They right. don't seem to mention pendulum or link monsters. Good. Which I think good because I know those mechanics are like kind of alienating to people
1: and polarizing
0: and very polarizing. But I mean, I guess it would have been nice to just teach people everything. If you're going to have a beginner like I guess, it's 64 pages anyway,
1: I guess pendulum might be tough, but there could have been link monsters. It could have yeah, been I think there.
0: Link probably would have been a good one to have. I will say, though, um, as far as, like, what that might allude to the character theming around this, I thought it might be, like, Yusei and, like, Yuma. Like, synchro and like a synchro kind of an Xyz-based deck or something to face oh, off against each other.
1: Oh, I, I've got a little bit of experience with uh, showing people how to play Yusei's card. Won't talk too much about that, but um yeah, it's a uh, nightmare. That Synchron synchro deck is not use. It's not like a beginner friendly yeah, deck. I'll
0: have to dumb it down more. It could be really kind of fun if it's not y- Yuma and Yusei, but rather maybe like Crow and like someone from Zexal. I don't know who else. Crow and like Shark or something, because like I think Xyz is an easy mechanic to learn. Two monsters same level, easy peasy.
1: It is simple.
0: Synchro is like a little more involved, so. I think you say synchrons tend to be a little bit too demanding in terms of combos. Black wings today can technically be just as bad, but like I think that they're at least a little more. They can be played in a more streamlined way. I can teach people how to synchro. All you need to
1: do is just give me my old uh, dark, um, my dark synchro deck from back in the day. Plague spreader, zombie, malicious. I'll get. I can. I can get anybody synchro summoning with that deck.
0: Which, believe it or not, wouldn't be a bad one to throw yeah. in here. Goblin
1: zombie plus plague spreader. You make your uh, level six. So you, use plague spreader's effect. Synchro summon again to make an eight. Next thing, now they're just five Ds masters in ten minutes.
0: Yeah, so I'm wondering how much this will cost. My guess is like 24.99. I know they've been uh, because like the structured decks now cost a lot, 11.50. Did it
1: say anything about accessories that come with it?
0: No, it's just these two decks and a comic book.
1: Uh, well, uh and again, if they're making like a Depending on the quality of that book, that can raise the price up a or little down. Because 64 pages, that's a
0: lot. Yeah, I'm calling 25 bucks. 30 is the most I think they should get away with or something like that. I'm going to
1: start on 30. I'm going a, I'm to a put. I'm a double down on 30. That's what my bet is going to be.
0: Okay. Um. I wonder if there's going to be like any reprints like just to kind of pull in Triple the competitive tactics. type. Oh, God. We'll be lucky. I if mean, you want people to learn Yu-Gi-Oh today, we have
1: to give them the cards that they expect to play against.
0: I will say I think that they should at least put in like Prosperity or something. Like, I mean, might be let a hot these decks take, move. Like, yeah, like let the decks kind of get something going. Um, yeah. So interesting product, right? Like I, I just think it's really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's dope. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of what we've done in the past is onboarding people onto on Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. It's nice to see Konami actually try and do a bit at
0: themselves. Yeah, I'm team onboard I, I see criminally few amounts of like new players at these card shops. I don't feel like mm. I'm seeing enough young blood. I don't feel like I'm seeing enough like new faces. It's not to say that like. Is anything wrong with the people who are like you know who've been playing for twenty years? But I, I think like when you want you know looking to the future, mm-hmm. you know you would want people to have kind of a good entryway product. And
1: I did actually want to that actually made me think about something I want to talk about. Um, we've talked before about how there isn't as much new blood entering the Yu-Gi-Oh card game, but that actually has created a bit of a weakness that these newer card games I think get to exploit against Yu-Gi-Oh. Even though these games have nothing on Yu-Gi-Oh!, Digimon has nothing on Yu-Gi-Oh! Flesh and blood has nothing on Yu-Gi-Oh! Like these these newer gut games, they can't hold a candle to what Yu-Gi-Oh is. It just it is what it is. But when it comes to getting new young players, I think those games are siphoning off so much they of the potential be players. To do it. They're just siphoning them off.
0: I agree. I think, I mean, like I said, I've, I've said for years and years, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! needs better onboarding products. I think that's always been kind of its big weakness is like its reputation for being a bit of a mess. Like, it's just long combos, and, like, it's just confusing, and it's like a meme. And, like, I'm going to, I'll own up to it. We've done our fair share of that, like, causing that rep, too. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. done the skits about, like, old Yu-Gi-Oh! versus modern Yu-Gi-Oh! bread and butter, baby. Old was so simple and new so crazy. So, but yeah, I mean, I do think that it's something that Konami seems like they're maybe finally becoming more aware of and and that might have gone into the decision to make the product. Uh, and yeah, as far as like other games taking it away, I, I, I buy it. Like, I think some games are just easier to pick up. It just, it's weird. I would
1: never consider these games a threat to Yu-Gi-Oh! Only in that, when it comes to getting newer players, they just make it so much harder.
0: yeah. Well, hopefully this is Yu-Gi-Oh!'s way to fight back. Uh, Push
1: back against the power. You know, I'll you be keeping up with power. this.
0: They also mentioned this is like, you know, name is subject to change. So I'm assuming they'll give it a more intense name than what just... name they have down again? Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG two-player starter set. Oh, yeah, ain't no
1: yeah, way, so way. I'll have to give it something a little <laughs> okay. bit
0: cooler. Um,
1: double Trump, double duel. Like, oh, one, tag One madness. like
0: quick, vaguely related thing with this. So I was in Target the other day, and ew. I... Target's better Walmart, than Walmart, right? Um... I saw that they've been restocking the uh, Slifer and Obelisk decks. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they and so, and I thought, I was like, is, is this just maybe like one warehouse that happens to have some? It's like a one time thing. But then I saw on the internet some people were on like Reddit saying, like, oh, my wife and I just got these like Egyptian god decks and we're playing them. And we have this oh. issue with them or whatever. And I was like, so I guess they were like maybe trying to like put these back out on the shelves. They got, they have to
1: stop confusing
0: people. Those products, those are the worst. I, I, I really do not like those.
1: God, come on, man. Like it, It's just not... Th- who are these for, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't... So, anyway, yeah, that was just a, a quick thing. So, the next product is the 25th Anniversary Rarity Collection. So, we jump over from, like, kind of a onboarding entry point product to now something that seems squarely targeted at collectors. So, you know what's interesting? I
1: believe Rarity Collection is actually an OCG set. It is an OCG set,
0: or something very similar yeah, to it. Yeah, something close. So the 25th anniversary rarity collection. Here's the blurb: Coming this November, you can finally get your hands on two new card technologies that have only been available overseas until now. Technologies. I love when they call them technologies. Technology. I mean, it, it does. I guess it, they
1: use technology to print them. <laughs> I guess yeah, it sounds like something
0: Kaiba would say. Two new card technologies,
1: though. Kaiba would actually have Circuitry running through the cards.
0: The 25th Anniversary Rarity Collection is a spectacular all-foil set with 79 of the game's most popular cards, each available in seven different rarities, including two brand-new rarities. Super Rares, Ultra Rares, Secret Rares, Quarter-Century Secret Rares, which celebrate the 25th anniversary, Platinum Secret Rares, as Uh last seen in the 2015 Mega Ten, hated those things, those were hideous, New Prismatic-Style Collectors Rares, Made with extra sparkle, this is the same as the Japanese collector's rare technology previously only available in Asia. New prismatic style ultra rares with a raised 3D varnish effect. This is the same as the Japanese ultimate rare technology previously only available in Asia. So I think I know what those OCG rarities look
1: like because I mean, you guys,
0: if you've been on Amplifier, you know we've opened up a few OCG packs. Yeah, from like Yugi like, Market and but stuff. But
1: we never know the name of the rarities I, I never know. that we're I seeing.
0: The, I think one of those products had the names of the rarities in the back, and they might have been actually like in English. So I might have to reconsult that yeah, and might, like try we'll, to we'll confirm figure out what's what's what with these rarities because, as they say in this um, blurb, watches your cards sparkle, shine, and gleam, and rarities so luxurious that you will be the envy of every duelist. Even though it's like I mean, everyone's going to be buying this, but.
1: I mean, will you be the Envy? Because I distinctly remember when they made the uh, Noble Knights in their version oh, of a Platinum Rarity. Those
0: are the worst. And
1: God. I don't know if anyone liked that.
0: <laughs> Watch your cards sparkle, shine, and warp in rarities that. Because I'm sorry. I know that that's going to be a big thing.
1: Paul, we have to dig up. Um, Alex's old Noble Knight cards and get them on camera one day. Yeah, so people like can see how truly atrocious. Terrible. You know,
0: what's funny. There are people who are playing Yu-Gi-Oh today who like what, started playing after that Noble Knight product was released and they'll never know how awful those verities were. Good. They're so dark. They're, they're hideous. I love that for them. Anyways, go to your next tournament well prepared with competitive mainstays that can go in any deck like Ash Blossom and Joy Spring, Nibiru the Primal Being, Effect Failure and Infinite Impermanence. So far, so good. Those are I've cards. been a firm proponent of like reprint hand traps every single year. Keep reprinting them. Never stop. Because they're always in, in demand. Right. Unlock the full potential of your extra deck with game-defining cards like Baron de Flor, who I hate, and Borreload Savage Dragon. And fans of the anime will finally get another chance at obtaining the Egyptian god Slime.
1: I guess Slime only has one printing. Yeah, I think it only has one printing. That's fair. I think it it had it had had a, had a, a pro- price too. it. had a Yeah, price. it did. It had a little price
0: tag to it. Yeah, we did. You know, if you like a raw deck type of mm-hmm. thing or whatever, you might want that.
1: And guys, like, it, it's, not, it's not even that bad of a card. I know we, we rag okay. on, like, Egyptian gods all the time, but so that Egyptian god support, not talking about the uh, structure decks, yeah, was just the not... raw support. Yeah, the raw really support, good. it was not that bad.
0: And you can add some of the best spell cards in the game to your collection and your deck. Cards you won't want to miss out on, like Pot of Prosperity, Triple mm-hmm. Tactics Talent, and Forbidden Droplet. So good inclusions.
1: Yeah, I do need some droplets. Um, I'd actually just bought some tactics again, but... What about thrust?
0: Yeah, I guess it's still too new for them. They gotta save that for like next year's Megaton. Yeah, for the Megaton. And in a special twist, the structure of these packs is like nothing you've seen before. As each pack has a chance to have one, two, sometimes, or even three. Whoa, jackpot. These are actually things in their blurb. I'm not like adding this.
1: In. I was wondering why you were wasting my time. If it could
0: be, <laughs> so it could be one or three. One, two, or three of the new luxury rare technologies. Each pack will contain so seven cards, two super or wait Ooh, that boy can't read okay oh each pack has five cards it's just seven different rarities five cards per pack 79 total cards in the set oh, okay. so each pack will contains two super rares one secret rare that has a one in four chance of being upgraded to a platinum or quarter century secret rare and then two ultra rares each of which has a one in six chance of being upgraded to a new prismatic style collector's rare or a new prismatic style ultra rare mm-hmm. a lot of words to take in but there's a lot of rarities going on. Shiny pack. A lot of shiny stuff. And now here's the kicker that I think is the first time, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, that Yu-Gi-Oh has ever done this. With every card available in every rarity, you can collect matching copies or mix and match the rarities of all your favorite cards. I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh has done this. Every card can be any rarity? Every rarity, rarity yeah. So, I... so there are seven different rarities in this set and 79 mm. cards. And every card can be... So yeah, that explains rarity.
1: why it's such a small set. It's a small, it's only 79 cards. Well, it's not even cards. that small,
0: because there are smaller ones.
1: I mean, there are small. yeah, there are smaller sets. But I mean, 79 cards, it kind of scream, but it's not a very big set. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, but if every card can be every rarity that's super rare, ultra rare, secret rare, and multiple versions of secret rare, that is actually a lot of possibilities for like their
0: printing costs. I feel like it'd be expensive to just have so much, high. like so many different, re- maybe it's easier because they do some big batch thing. It also seems like this is just a reprint set, which for core players, I think is like a hundred percent what people want.
1: I still feel like they're going to find a way to sneak a new card in there. You're going to be, a, so blue be eyes or a
0: dark magician
1: in there somewhere. What if, what if it's a dark magician and blue eyes fusion? It'll be blue eyed magician paladin.
0: The Dragon Knight. Yeah. Got to add that in into Yu-Gi-Oh. So, um, I don't know. There's not a pricing structure out for this. So, I know if it's a five-card packs, I'm led to believe it'll probably go something like either Maxim Gold, Ghost from the Past, like those types of sets where... Oh, I hate their little You get like three um, in boxes. a... Yeah, little mini boxes. You get like maybe three in a box, and it costs like $20 or something.
1: Like, as far as value for money for that type of sealed product isn't... Great,
0: but I guess being a, an anniversary product though, I'm led to think that it'll probably have maybe more like long term value.
1: I, I don't know, like it'll depend on the re, the re the reprints we get in there. I know, uh, premium gold, what it had some pretty like dog water like reprints in there, yeah. It some are good, good, but some were, but there was a lot of filler. If this set can be at like 40 cards we actually would like to see, that'd be great. That'd be a nice start. If the other 30-something are like filler, fine. But I would hate for this to be a case of um, we're looking for five cards, and the rest is just... I don't anything with
0: that. Now, I've heard people compare this to Dual Devastator. I want to kind of debunk that, because that's certainly not the case. Dual Devastator was a guaranteed thing. Which one one was Dual
1: Devastator? That was back in
0: 2019. Like, fall 2019... It was the one where you got just 40 guaranteed cards, and it was just reprints of some links. You got Effect Veiler. Oh, got
1: I love that called set. Called by the Grave. They were that all set was fire. Rare.
0: It was really awesome. Apparently, it did not sell super well. It's like the rumor is why Konami has not done more of them. And you can see why, because, it's a, because you bought it, and you were guaranteed to get everything in it. There was never a need to buy more. Right. Like you, maybe you could buy three to get a playset of everything, but there would still never be like a, the gotcha is no longer in play. Mm. And so because there's not like an RNG kind of pull element, I think that yeah, sure they would kind of stick on shelves for a while. And
1: there's no chase card, there's no nothing. You're so. guaranteed everything.
0: So I think this isn't that, but this is exciting. So, you know, sign me up. I, I think this will be probably one of the bigger things to like open. Yeah, it's not. Because dope. of all these rarities going on. Like, I'm assuming that since like these Ultras have the 1 in 6 chance, that means that the Prismatic Style Ultra and Prismatic Style Collector's versions of cards will have significant price tags. That's another thing actually. I think that this is going to like flood the market with a lot of different rarities of a lot of different oh, cards. Oh yeah.
1: And in a way that the, I thought like that will cheapen the uh secret rarity. I mean the upper these upper rarities of cards.
0: I've heard some uh on Twitter and stuff. I've heard like some vendors have similar thoughts around it like it just will this kind of cheapen the market value of this set maybe too much or dilute the value of maybe the existing versions of these cards?
1: I know Ash Blossom's price is going to drop for a little while.
0: And then, like, raise again like a month. It
1: always does. But I've been using Common Ashes in so many ducks, decks lately. Thank you, Albash Structure. At least I think it was from the Albash Structure.
0: There's a Common Ashes in or every was it other trap? Thing. No. Either way,
1: love <laughs> those Common Ashes. I put them in everything.
0: Yeah, so I, while I do see the fear of this maybe flooding the market, I still think, on the whole, net positive. Like, yeah. This is better than not having this, I'd say. I agree. So, um, there are worse
1: sets. Cards Leave that I opener. would like
0: to see reprinted in this. Like you said, Drust is a good one, although I guess it's too new. Yeah, it probably wouldn't. Probably but um, there's still a few I other... Mean, like, they confirm
1: a droplet reprint, and I don't have a set of that yet, so...
0: Yeah, a droplet reprint would be really cool. There's a few stray extra deck cards I think people wouldn't mind seeing printed again. So
1: I need an access code.
0: Yeah, that needs to be in here. So... Yeah, kind of a cool product. These are the two new things. And they also just generally announced um, Age of Overlord or whatever, but we mm. already kind of like knew more about that. So that,
1: that's the one that has uh, the new Zark on the cover, right?
0: Yeah, new Zark stuff and yep. the Visa story. I think is either concluding or like entering its final chapter. In that, boy,
1: well, I was looking at some of the uh, the new, the newer the newest uh, Visus lore stuff, and I'm just like, boy, I thought this story was over. And, I, and, I, and not to say I dislike the Visus lore story. I did get, I have gotten into it. But um, I have no idea where it's going now. Yeah, um, because like he did, he went to all these different planets, collecting all of all of his emotions, and then this other guy just shows up.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so my thing with the Yu Gi Oh lore stories is I've kind of just started like I catch up at the end, like when kind of the either the the literature comes out that directly explains it. Mm-hmm. Or just when enough of it is out that I can kind of piece it together without having to just wait for the next thing. See, so. My
1: problem is when that did happen with the Albaz lore, it got me on a lore kick. Where now I'm just like, You're gonna want it. I just want more, and I just keep. I went back and read all the World Chalice stuff. Cause I ignored all of that when it was out. Yeah, And I, I really enjoyed underrated, it. Yeah,
0: World Chalice is underrated. Story. Underrated. Watch yeah. my short. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's it for like TCG stuff, TCG products at least. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Master Duel and Master Duel news. Shout out, Master Duel. Got a little hoodie on today. Wow, the um, flex though. So they released a new Forbidden Limitless update. You're gonna have to uh, text Konami later. You know.
1: Oh yeah, I do have that number on my phone. Of <laughs> yeah,
0: So the um, so, yeah, Forbidden and Limitless update from Master Duel. This is one that's going into effect on July 1st. Less than a month, actually. Uh, after the current list, which went to effect on June 8th.
1: That is fast. Yeah, these magical lists
0: they they crank them out. So this one's a mixed one. People have a lot of opinions, but before we get into it, so here's what it actually is. Fluandries and M-Pen goes to one.
1: I want to say that's
0: good. Um, Eradicator Epidemic Virus to one. That's weird. Element Soliac to one. I don't even know who that is. That's their trap card, continuous trap. Ah. Um, branded Fusion to two. Sprite Jet to two, Swap Frog to two, Metaverse goes to three. So I know you probably haven't been playing like a whole bunch of Master Duels, so you may not be like... I play at the lower levels. Yeah, super aware of kind of what the meta is. Right now, at least in my experience, it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of branded. A lot of branded decks. A lot of... Tier is still a really big thing. Oftentimes they're used in tandem now, like tier branded hybrids. Um, But for the most part, people wanted them to ban Kalos. The level 5 fusion. They have not done so once again here. Um, they took the weirdest... I guess before I get into specifics, I have a bit of a half-rant thing about Master Duel ban lists. Uh, it's I get them. I get what I think is maybe the the thought process behind them. It's very different from the TCG, and it's also pretty different from the OCG. They really do minuscule ban lists. They're very marginal. They've seemed very, um, they have seem very... They move a few cards. Though. They move a few cards. So it's I, the best analogy I could come up with for these is Death by a Thousand Cuts, where a lot of these decks that are strong will get these very slight slap on the wrist nerfs, mm-hmm. and then they'll get another very slight slap on the wrist nerf, and another very slight one, until they just, I guess, shave it away to where, like, it's at a nerfed enough point for them. And it seems like they're, um, I guess, the, the method that they're using is they're, like, observing cards' usage percentages and win percentages in ranked play. So what's showing up too often or winning too much or causing games to end too quickly, and that's what they claim on their own blurb on the game it's just, I think what people don't like about these master rule is that they always feel like they're hitting the wrong thing or they're hitting the right thing but way too lightly. And I guess I think that maybe taking that highly statistical approach where it's like, okay, if we move this card from three to two, and that's the only thing we do to this one deck. That, that will decrease its win percentage from like say 60% to 58%. And like that's enough for us. I get it. I think that there's like some valid reasons to use that method of balancing a game, particularly an online game where you don't want like just sweeping changes because people spend money on this. But I do think that it can sometimes make it seem like they're a little bit out of touch.
1: Well, I think you have to consider um, more so what the goal of a ban list is. Right. I mean, the goal is to keep the game in some sort of balance. Strong decks are strong for a reason like it was the, you know Tiarlements was made to be strong, Brandon's was made to be strong, so they don't want to necessarily dethrone these decks. They're supposed to be the strongest decks right now. Yeah, but there is a range of there's a, there's an amount of or a percentage of wins they expect those decks to get, and when they start exceeding that for too long, it's like okay, let's let's bring them back closer to what the mod there are like preferred the model. distribution. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the more I've thought about it, because I was sitting on this band list, you know, it got revealed like two days, two, three days ago now. And at first, like people hated it and everyone on Twitter is like, this is stupid. This, you know, masterful ban list all suck. They don't do anything. And while I'm not like perfectly satisfied with these hits and I'm, I'm still yet to even go into the individual hits, but I'm still not super satisfied with like the overall like just approach they take. I get it more now because I was like, okay, this is a digital game which means a lot more people log on to Master Duel and play it every day than, like, TCG players there are, which might come as a shock, but it doesn't it's surprise a me, lot of data. a lot of data. And they have a lot of data here. So I think that in an online game like that, there's, they don't want to, like, rock the boat too much. Mm-hmm. They just want to mod- you know, modify things and tweak ever so slightly to just get, like, Sprite's win percentage a little lower or Brandon's win percentage yeah. a little lower
1: they look at this game from a very macro point of view because they're looking at thousands upon millions of car interactions and game results. Mm-hmm. But as a player, we're very micro. Yeah. Not to, I'm not trying to like lessen our experience here, but we see Yu-Gi-Oh at a ground level. Every game we play is extremely like impactful. It's, like it's that That game matters more than the last 50 games. Whatever my last game is, that's how I currently feel. And these, like, a ban list that bans cards that are a problem for you, that like limits them to one or brings a card up to three, that will like that creates more satisfaction mm-hmm. in a like game to game way. So like, like in this very micro sense, we you love seeing cards get banned because you get that immediate change for yep. you,
0: but. Master Duel is not like that. Yeah, I think that with Master Duel, they're far more, they're just concerned with, like, win rates. And it's not even, like, big sweeping changes to the win rates. It's just, we just got to fall, get it right back in line with the distribution. So, that's a great segue to go over the individual cards. So, is and Impin. This is one of these ones where it's actually a pretty good example. Flawndries have taken a few hits already. They banned mm. the barrier statue. I think uh, Magnificent Map is at two. And um, now Impin is at one. An interesting thing about M-Pen is m Pins usually only run at about two. Right. And one does not change in any way the fundamental combo of flounderies. They will get to it as part of their primary combo, and their primary combo has not lost any consistency in this way. So a lot of people are thinking that this M-Pen hit feels kind of pointless. But I think that what they see, if just an assumption, trying to kind of put myself in their shoes, is when you deal with one m Mm -hmm. it is now much harder for Floundaries to, like, just summon another. Now, there's going to be somebody who says, oh, but they can use the uh, flounderies and Token to, like, return it to their hand or whatever, right? But it's not a matter, because, like, Stree can banish it, Token can return it to hand. There is a way to recycle it. It's actually quite easy to recycle. But I think ultimately what they're concerned about is the fact that now they have to go that extra step. Yeah, they have to commit some resources. They have to commit to that extra step. And there's not just the off chance of simply having another Impin in their hand anyway. And I know it seems like that's a nothing burger change. I get it. But I think from their eyes, that means that any game with Floundaries where you would maybe like struggle and make your way to turn three, turn four, and then still lose because they just summoned another Impin after you outed the first one. Now your win percentage in those might change from like a 30% win rate in those cases to like a... 35% win rate or 40% win rate. And I know, trust me as a player, it sounds like it because they're good. So as a player, you're still going to face Flounderies, They're going to beat you. And you're going to be pissed. And it's yep. going to feel unfair. It's going to feel annoying. And you're going to be like this impin hit did nothing. I didn't feel any difference. They still searched it. They still locked me out. I still couldn't play. But like you said, on that macro scale, there will be games now that Flounderies lose because of that lack of a second impen that they needed mm-hmm. in those, in those little edge cases. And I think for the Master Duel Devs, that is what they are that is what will allow them to get that Fluanaries win rate from like 60 percent or something to like 57%. And right. that's within the ra- their the reasonable threshold.
1: It actually reminds me a bit and it isn't a perfect analogy, but it reminds me of when Thunder Dragon Colossus went to one for the Thunder Dragon deck. And that was a that was a pretty damaging hit for them. When it's like, oh, we we could make our we could make our Colossus, but when it got outed and it would get outed, we were kind of left it. Yeah. Now it did need to get banned because it was extremely easy to access in all kinds of decks, and so people were throwing Colossus onto boards with the gates, and that was a whole other problem. But when you when you take a monster down to one, even if it's a monster that's only played at two. Th- you hurt that comeback factor that a lot of decks have. Yeah, some of the
0: recovery things.
1: Because at the end of the day, Konami says we can run three of a card in a deck. And oftentimes you want to have multiples of cards so that you have backup plans and recovery.
0: I'm reminded a lot actually of the current Arise Heart situation in the TCG where Arise Heart is still just as oppressive when he's out. But it mean means Garb. when he is, like, when you do manage to out that Arise Heart, it's now much harder. You know, to, like, you know like, an, another Arise Heart isn't just going to show up. So the next card is Eradicator Epidemic Virus. This went to one. Um, I don't get it. People think this is in an, an anticipation of the Labyrinth cards, which are supposed to be probably releasing next month or so in Master Duel, and they are able to make really strong use of Eradicator. So I guess they're putting it at one. One other major change with Eradicator, one means you can't use it with Trap Trick. Because trap trick oh, requires yeah. you, you have, have to two. you have to get rid of one now, to get the other. Still, labyrinth can search it from the deck using um the new lady. I we her name? Lady of the Silver. The Castle, one that looks like a knight. Is. Yeah, the one that looks like a knight. That one's good. You can like get it from deck. So there's still like an option there, but um, it's you know it just makes the card a little less successful because as we know, Eradicator can be pretty shut outy.
1: Like that card can be brutal, but it's so situational.
0: I mean I'm glad they put it at 1. I'm glad that it's something that like it can still be a strong tool for the deck without maybe just showing up a little too often.
1: I I do think that uh if you had access to multiple copies of it more times than not you're just going to you're just going to really hurt your opponents.
0: Yeah, cuz now it's like card. you're just seeing it so much that games can just be ended by it so. Not a bad hit. Next is Terremont Soliec, probably the one of the more controversial hits here. People just want the, the tier monsters kind of Mainly get Kalos gone. I didn't realize the trap was a problem. So the trap is a weird case because it's all the spells and traps when they're sent to the graveyard by like card effects get um, effect, like search effects or recycle effects. Mm-hmm. Soliac in particular, is the one where like when it gets sent from the deck to the graveyard, you get to add a tier monster from your deck to your hand. So it's actually a big part in their consistency because every time it's milled, like you're getting to search as tier. Mm-hmm. And so I think by putting it at one. They're, once again, decreasing the likelihood that you will be able to mill this thing. I think its on-field effect is, like, fine. I mean, it, it can negate something and kind of send a tier card. So it can trigger some stuff. But it's really more so that graveyard search consistency. It's still, though, an example of Konami like kind of dancing around the tier problem as much as they can. They really seem hesitant to actually ban Kit Kalos. And we all know that like, Kit Kalos is the central piece. And the TCGs banned it. But, like, it seems like Mastro wants to do everything they can to avoid banning it. And and I don't know if that's, a like, a good way, or a bad like, isn't decision. That
1: a, uh, isn't that a good thing for them to try their utmost not to ban the cards you painfully tried to craft and pull?
0: So, I guess uh, people's argument against that would be that, well, Kid Callus is just an SR, so it doesn't maybe feel as big of a deal. I would say, though, to your point, I agree that it's good that they aren't banning it. This is going to be a controversial one. I think for game balance, you could just ban Kikaios and have Tear out of the picture for good, right? Like they're just not going to really be playable at that point, not in any meaningful way. But I think that with Master Duel, they don't want a Master Duel play, like a new Master Duel player, to start playing Yu Gi Oh through Master Duel. Find out about a deck called TR Limits. They like the aesthetic. They think it's cool. And then you find out like the ace card is banned. I think that could be kind of their thought process where like they would rather limit and semi-limit things, but still keep everything legal to some degree so that a tier, like a an... I know it's so hard for people to put themselves in these shoes, but like let's say I am just I just like the Visas lore. Okay. I'm that type of player, and I want to just build one of every Visa Star Frost deck. If Kit Kallus is banned, I now can't, like, do that. You could, but it would be bad. So, I'm not... And listen, I know people are going to be like, that's stupid. I don't care about little Timmy and his dumbass lower deck. I know. But, like, that could be one more reason in my right. head. You know? You know, and, you know, to the
1: developers of Masterdo. I mean, I'm pretty sure all players are considered equal. Uh, in f- like, just because there is a contingent of players who hate... This deck, like, like brimstone and, like, fire. Burn
0: it, get rid of it.
1: You know, there's still plenty of people who either don't feel any one way or another about it or really like the deck. And they don't... I don't think they have much of a reason to favor one group over over another because, I mean... I don't even know if, like, how much we yeah, spend in gems games. even makes a difference. I don't...
0: The thing is, there's just, there's just, there's just as a many number. casual people in Master Duel as competitive people. Right. It's hard to see it that way when you're, like, in Ranked Ladder and you're in Diamond and all that stuff. And, like, you're just playing against Brandon and tier all day long. And you're just like, this game is ruined. It's dying. It's dead. I'm uninstalling. But there are just as many people who are just hard silver. Hard gold. Like, they're just having the time of their life, probably, in Master Duel. Just having fun. Boy, to them, is gold is a time. These people, like... You know, they don't really see the tier, like, as anything. They might just kind of be curious about it and play it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's a weird perspective. It, 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 it gets into that whole, like, there's more to the game than your bubble of experience. Right. And I think that this is my, i don't call it a hot take, but, like, something of a take is I would rather generic cards be banned than decks, like, ace monsters and stuff. I would really, it's why they, I think, have kept Colossus, like, at one in Master Duel. While it's banned in the TCG, I'd rather like random stuff like Block Dragon or Chaos Ruler or Rango honestly, be like banned as opposed oh, to like block banning Impen or banning Kit Kalos or whatever because like so I, don't know, I know it's like a controversial one. People can bite me on it in the comments. I it get is it, not
1: controversial to hate Block Dragon. That card that is wrong. It go. just shouldn't exist.
0: Next is Brandon Fusion of Two. This is one of the examples of a card that just I mean it feels you like. Know, Putting it from three to two just makes such a small dent. But I know it's that dent that they're looking for. It's it's such a small hit.
1: But I think the idea behind it is just g- let's get the ball rolling with, like, starting to hit the deck now. They'll probably make another update to their list in uh, a month and a half or so. And they'll hit it again. And they'll yeah. hit it again. And
0: they'll do their death by a thousand cuts. And eventually they will just get it chopped down to reasonable points. So this is a card that's normally played at three. Now it's played at two. So it's a little less consistent. But they can there's, search it there's anyway. There's so many ways to search this card. Like It's actually unfair. They can search it, recycle, recycle it. Recycle it. It's very... But They can search it, spin it, and reverse it. But you know what? This is going to, in their metrics, I'm sure in their statistical analysis, will bring down the win percentage of branded mm-hmm. from like 67.5% to like 67% or sixty-six percent, there's just gonna be just those little edge case games where you didn't draw that branded fusion that you needed. Yep. And I can at least see one somewhat practical, like real world case, is um, you guys can tell I've played a lot of Diamond Master Duel now. It's gotten kind of annoying. But so let's say that they normal summon Alibur, or the jester of Despia. Right. So conventional wisdom kinda tells you you always save the ash blossom for, for the branded fusion. fusion. Right? You just use Ash and Branded Fusion. Do not take the bait. If you Ash that Alibur, there's a very real chance they already had Branded Fusion in their hand. Slam it, down. it was just a bait, and they slam it down, and now they just go off, and you look stupid. So, I still think that even with Branded Fusion at 2, that ideology holds. However, it adds a lot of value to cards like Infinite Impermanence and Effect valor, which could not hit Branded Fusion anyway. And now, if you hit that, uh, that Normal Summon Alibur with an Imperm or an Effect Veiler, mm-hmm. and they can't search that Branded Fusion there is a significantly smaller chance that they just happen to have a hard-drawn one in their opening hand. Very it's true. Two to, it's from two to three. And I think that it is that little intersection that they are trying to, like, nerf it with with those little types of hits. Is that a good enough hit? The, the day-to-day matchable player in me says no. I think that it should be harder. But I get it, like... So
1: they take it. I had a thought. I had a thought, you know, you know, I, I talk a lot about AI on this channel. Um, oh Lord! What if the Masadul ban list is actually be and like <laughs> the statistics is j- is being analyzed by an AI, and the AI decides which card should be de- should should be decreased, and it gives its explanation on why it does what it does to the devs?
0: So you know, what's like, sad about that? That's not like the most far-fetched. Thought. It
1: feels very possible. Like sometimes
0: I do look at these lists and I'm just like, this is like this is just an AI generated ban list, because like, <laughs> and because I think that people see them and understandably the hits feel so random at times and so small, but then you think about like throwing it all into an algorithm, just a big supercomputer and analyzer like, thing. They have the data, the depths of Konami. They've got all the data, and it just says, you know what? If this card went from three to two. It would change, like, this distribution by this much, and so that's the hit.
1: It really? And that maybe c- that's just one. I mean. That could be it, man. That would be insane if it is. And if it's not, then, like, someone from, like, the Macedo team sees this video, and they're like, whoa. They're on to us.
0: No. um, uh, I mean, it, like, it's funny, but, like, it can – there's, like, that little shred of a chance of the truth. See. That's like – So, um – yeah, that's Brandon Fusion. Sprite Jet and Swap Frog both went to two, which are very clear hits to the Sprite deck.
1: Yep. Just slight hits.
0: Yeah, they're just a little, the dis- little bit, The slightest. I mean, I will say this. I think Sprite released with uh, Sprite Starter, their quick play spell that just summons one from deck. They released with that pre hit to two. So that already kind of cut into their consistency. I think that they hit. Sprite blue in the last list.
1: I think it was blue. I or, or the TCG, it was hit some. Blue. The TCG wait, hit, hit blue.
0: The TCG hit one card, and then like I think Master. Like
1: no, a... the TCG hit Sprite.
0: Was it starter? or Was it blue?
1: Dang man,
0: there's too many. like we talked about. It's really hard is, to keep well, up with it all.
1: There's like there's there's those two ban lists, and I also keep up with the Duel Links band list, and I just get I'm getting well, confused. anyway,
0: to just to bring it back to the point. Sprite Jet to two and Swap Frog to two are two major consistency hits. I say major, maybe they're more like moderate, but it is just a little bit more of that thing where there's a lot of cases where like you normal summon a level two monster, and now your opponent pretty much has to like max C right then and there, or whatever, because as long as there's a level two on the field, then the sprites can just start summoning. And so... It's at that moment that, like, they can summon Sprite Blue, which searches a starter, which can get Jet, which can get whatever. Or, or like, and, you know, there's, like, all the different orders that you can do it. Where they can summon Jet, which gets starter, which gets blue, which gets or red, which, like, just... And it all kind of goes. And it can make it very hard to hand-trap this deck, and it can make it very hard to, like, get through its steam. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that there's a slightly lower chance of them kind of hard opening with Jet and stuff like that, combined with now that slightly lower chance of, like, them opening with starter means that opening hands on average of sprite players will take a noticeable like kind of impact so i think these are good hits they don't seem like they're overly harsh because i, and I don't think that sprite deserves it it's not like the best deck in the game right now it's like maybe top three but boy is it annoying but it is really annoying so i, I will not i will not say no to these lists or to these hits in the metaverse to three which i guess is just your pity prize because Terraforming's banned. Terraforming's gone you now. Can run these. Use know. your
1: three traps to search your field spell. Ooh.
0: So yeah, that's the Master Duel ban list. You know, it'll be in effect here in about a week. Um, I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm addicted to Master Duel, so. Yeah, he really is. So it's crazy. I'll, I'll I'll deal with whatever it is. I mean, hopefully this makes some small impact on this branded tier nightmare meta. Um, it is weird that I mean like. This came this is coming out like 3 weeks after the current list. And the current list went to effect on like June 8th. Hey man, it's like I
1: was saying before, the you live like service games, hits? Hmm?
0: you li- sorry, go ahead.
1: I'm saying live service games, they need to be updated and like rebalanced regularly to keep the player base Got motivated stimulated. and like yeah, and stimulated, that's the best word for it.
0: Yeah, okay. No, I mean and I don't I'm not actually complaining about the frequency of the list. I think it's I guess it's a bit whiplashy if you have played the TCG a lot, where like I guess yeah. we're just so used to lists not having dates, which I guess in Mashable they also don't have dates. You'll get them a couple,
1: and hey, you'll get in a few weeks. This spacing I mean a few months. can be so
0: different. It's a little different. I don't know. It's weird. I don't mind it. I don't have a problem with the release frequency. It's just, just bring attention to the fact that it's very different. So mm. I often like the Duel links ones.
1: In Duel links, oh man. <laughs> I hear it those are grow. also kind of fast. Like, they can be, but also they cannot be. It's weird with Duel Links. I haven't been on the, uh, like, the edge of Duel Links news. So I don't actually pay, I don't pay as much attention to the release cycle in Duel Links. I'm more, I just, when changes happen, I take notice. You just gotta hear that.
0: Notice. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's the Master Duel Band List. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, you're gonna be playing, you like it. Do they do enough, do they not?
1: I mean, we'll find out now, won't we?
0: All right, I think that's enough Yu-Gi-Oh news, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's more than enough Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh uh, now. Any admit. other TCGs? I know. Um, you got a story? So this, well, this isn't really a story, but um, this week the Magic Lord of the Rings set releases. Oh, yeah. You've bought a There's couple. A yeah, the sneak peek was last weekend, guys. So I I've, I've bought, like, two of the little collector's boosters trying to pull the one ring. Y'all,
0: those things are, like, 40 bucks. <laughs> that's, that's wild to me that, like, there's a pack <laughs> that's $40. It's kind of crazy. I remember when they were doing the 30th anniversary thing, and people were like, these packs are 250 bucks." And I was like, that's, like, just psychotic. Yeah, like, yo. But then I was like, then two people were telling me these packs are $40 for this one ring. Like, yeah, like I don't need it. I knew
1: about I collector's boosters already and i thought i'd made my peace with how expensive they were but i really hadn't so for some context guys imagine the gathering they have they have every set releases with like a normal set and then a collectors booster set and the collectors booster has alternate arts alternate rarities same cards just shinier and better yeah um in this case, it's more um, pronounced because the one ring, one of one, uh, potentially $2 million card,
0: or whatever is only now. in co- the collector's boosters. I really thought it was going to be different than that. Because, so there's something that, Oh, sorry, were you done? Oh, yeah, you can you know. go. Well, that actually changes my perception on the whole, like, ring situation a lot more now. Not in any, like, good or bad way, but it just, it means that, my hope of like a kid randomly pulling it is like kind of blasted. Oh yeah, that has gone. Like forty so I see, bucks. I was a under pack. the impression this was like still in like a little four dollar booster pack or something. Like any four dollar mm-hmm. booster pack. The fact that it's forty means that yeah, you're only really buying this if you're like an adult, you or grown. And, you, know, <laughs> you gotta be grown. You gotta have an income. I mean, or maybe maybe a kid gets to buy one ever. Like, you beg mom. And I feel like they wild him for this because
1: if you th- if you think about it. Forty dollars, and you get an infinitesimal chance to pull this one ring card. Now, there's other this other stuff you can get, and oftentimes with those collectors boosters, people find that the rarity and value of those cards can equal out the pack. That's I don't for, I don't think that's the case here. Mm-hmm. There's because of the one ring and the, and the chase to get it, people are flooding the markets with the collectors boosters cards to the point where I don't think you can like make your money going back to be on dissolved. these. Cause
0: because the thing is, if everyone's still opening this for the One Ring, then there's going to be so much of this, just like yeah, just shoveled onto. These are supposed TCG to be the more else. valuable
1: versions of these cards, but, but, but they
0: ultimately won't be, right? Yeah.
1: Now he's like, well, What if you pull the One Ring? That'd be so cool!" And it would be cool, right?
0: Yeah. But check yeah. it out.
1: Okay. Um, so as far as I know, if I got this Magic One Ring card, mm-hmm. I could sell it for two million dollars. So I w- could pay forty dollars to buy a pack and win two million. You know, lot you know many lotteries, like state lotteries in the United States, they you win you can win much more than two million.
0: Yeah, it's and uh,
1: those lottery tickets,
0: it won't cost you forty. It isn't it's just hearing that forty dollars price tag really does change. I guess it's my perception of it. I, I don't want to say like it makes it worse. It just it it's like this feels a little more like. Like, yucky. Like, I don't know. It's The analogy I keep hearing is
1: people would refer to it as, like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: But those candy bars weren't 40 bucks. Yeah. I've also seen some fake ones show up online already. Like, of course. Kind of, of course. So that kind of thing.
1: I mean, Magic videos. already has a whole tradition of proxies. Now, you add that in to people trying to get over and sell their, like, fake card for, like, A half a million dollars?
0: You've got a recipe for disaster. That's
1: interesting. I wonder if we'll find out. Like what if someone pulls it and they just like they just hold it?
0: An interesting thing about that is like I feel like if you're pulling if you're buying this again, that forty dollar pack thing makes me really think that like you aren't buying this without intent, which means that you're Mm -hmm. probably recording it. I would just like, on average, I think people are recording it because it's such a social media moment and all. You know? I would be horrified,
1: I think, if there was a camera running when I pulled this card, because then it's gonna be it's gonna be online in like minutes.
0: Yeah, and it just feels and it's like oh, invasive almost. To this your time. guy
1: like, pulled a two million dollar card. Where's this video posted from? Yeah, like oh, look, I there know there where this is, shop and... is. I was like. Yeah. Makes you a bit of a target.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's just your weekly dose of one ring, not drama, but just updates. I yeah. guess we'll, we'll probably just continue to update on this until Look, I'm I'll keep like I'll keep boys. buying
1: uh packs, you know, as as I have an extra every time I have like an extra forty I'm just going to blow on a pack at least until it's confirmed that card is gone. Yeah. I don't know when that'll be. <laughs> and it's really in Wizards' best interest if it takes a very long time.
0: Anyways, so that, yeah, that's your magic one ring news, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess know. for
1: once we don't actually have like a true Wizards controversy. No controversy this week. <laughs> that's, wi- that's
0: wild. That's hey, wild. I gotta start a record here. Yeah, look at yeah, that. Wizards controversy. How
1: long? Yeah, we're gonna keep, we're gonna get a oh, calendar. Until
0: there's like... <laughs> Days without like, without, like ma- magic like, Yeah, without anger. Wizards or um, magic controversy. Okay, well, I have a Pokemon story. What you got? So, there are Two Of them actually, and you've probably of heard at least one because this was just like that video online. The McBeating,
1: oh, yeah, I got that one. Oh, you had that one? Okay, yeah. you can you can talk about it. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> uploaded on June 17th, a video appears to be from a local card shop event and has been viewed over three million times. This, a Pokemon player showed up to a Pokemon tournament with their deck and accessories in a McDonald's bag and wrapped up in a McDonald's burger wrapper uh, I think even a box of fries yeah, I can see my picture's not loading stuff. anymore
0: yeah no I saw this tweet when it was like when it was posted uh, I think it was like June 17th or something and yeah like a McDonald yeah my story says like a Pokemon TG player has gone viral for getting a McBeating in a tournament after his opponent brought his cards dice and playmat to the match wrapped in McDonald's wrappers and cups so yeah, it's just kind of a. This is interesting. I mean, <laughs> players can be so
1: creative. Yeah, I hope they clean that stuff first. What if you got ketchup on your cards? Yeah, I was
0: say like just the latent grease and stuff from kind of a, a, a like French fry box, and
1: you know what I mean. But maybe they're like they work for McDonald's and they got all that stuff clean. I doubt
0: it. I mean, it's just a person.
1: Many people work
0: at McDonald's. It, well. It reminds me of I'm just saying like but the person who did a prank though, they probably just threw this stuff in the bag. I mean, probably. It reminds me though of um, the kind of wacky playmats that I've seen in Yu-Gi-Oh before. Oh, like, you mean you mean the ones with like the girls and they're like The naked yeah, no. Not well, I mean those are those lewd playmats, there's plenty of those in card gaming. But I'm talking about more of like I've seen people someone played once on newspaper. Like they use yeah. newspapers a playmat, and I've also seen a person play on a towel. Like they use like a bath towel and like they just I mean, folded it up and like in the shape of a play mat.
1: There, it, I don't think there's any rule that says you can't. What's the one that you said you saw the other week? A rug. I saw someone play on a piece of rug. Not even a whole rug. Oh, so they'd like. It was like,
0: like they like like took a
1: box cutter and like sliced off a piece of
0: rug. And they were just—that was their mat for the day.
1: Like I have to—I have to believe that they're that they must like part time as like a contractor or something because I, I said rug, but it's like carpet, really. Like it looked like carpet, like the that carpet we have here.
0: Gross. It's.
1: I mean, I mean, I guess it was
0: clean, maybe. I, mean, I would
1: hope so. That'd be wild. You, you like, you went to a friend's house, cut out a strip of their carpet, and then took it to And You're
0: playing it, yeah. That's there've been some weird play mats. This is funny though. I just think like it's. Uh, Alright, I have no words. It's, uh, but I do think,
1: you know, how, uh, you know how the fast food, like, social media wars have been going with all the fast food social media. Oh, yeah, this now it's gonna, stocks are up. Now it's going into card games, so now someone's going to show up at Wendy's and Burger King and... It's going to be a whole thing. Wendy's going to tweet it soon, I'm pretty sure. I remember
0: when Wendy's, I don't know if they're still like this, but like they were like the mean social media, like restaurant account. Ah,
1: the pandemic Wendy's. Or, no,
0: this was before the pandemic. It is it like, before the pandemic? Yeah, this is just like maybe five years ago now, it feels like, maybe a little longer, where like Wendy's was always like they would roast people. Wendy said
1: that red hair wasn't
0: for sure. And like a sense of humor. And then there was like the one, the Burger King tweet. The, like, mm. women belong in the kitchen thing. And there was, like, the women say controversy. It's
1: controversial for controversy's sake. And at least this isn't,
0: like, controversy. It's kind of just funny. But still, just, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> do you have another Pokemon one? I don't know if you do. I, I don't. Do. Okay, I do. This <laughs> one's wild. Hit me. Like, I know what we just heard was, like, kind of wild. This is wild. This is Police wild. use Pokemon cards to catch man accused of setting off multiple explosions. Okay, all right. Yeah, first I thought this was fake, and I was like, all right, this is just some bullshit. No, it's a Detective old, Pikachu over here, like. Yeah, shout out to that. That was announced the other day. A man accused of setting off multiple explosive devices across a Maryland neighborhood has been captured after leaving Pokemon cards at the scene of the crime.
1: Like a calling card? What I is that, a phantom so. thief?
0: <laughs> Who would have thought Pokemon cards would ever be the smoking gun in a case? Turns out they were literally smoking and pointed investigators toward a suspect. For several weeks, illegally manufactured explosives rocked a neighborhood, and police had no answers until one officer was able to connect the dots. After police discovered a crater from one of the explosions, finding it was filled with Pokemon cards, an officer recalled earlier arresting a man days before who had a big stack of Pokemon cards on him. So, yeah. um, According to Fox News, the Harford County Sheriff's Office Special Response Team carried out a search of 34 year old Jeremiah E. Burnett's home and found more packages of Pokemon cards. Police say that Burnett told investigators he was the one who had detonated the devices but did not give a reason why. In another eerie coincidence, Aberdeen police also received a report from a man who had an argument with Burnett. The man claimed Burnett ended his conversation with boom and says he found a Pokemon card on his front steps just days later. <laughs> So, Burnett was arrested and charged with two counts of possessing a destructive device and two counts of using a destructive device.
1: Ah, uh, he must have had, a, he must have had a, uh, a rare Pokemon card.
0: This isn't even the first Pokemon-related crime this month. Earlier in June, police shut down an international smuggling ring where men would use Pokemon art cases to traffic cocaine. I don't have that story, but I just thought they'd it at the end. Yeah, so this guy was blowing places up, and I guess you leaving... I Pokemon don't wait. wait, wait I'm
1: trying to figure out the the Pokemon cocaine. Wait, I gotta find. Yeah, you can this. look it up,
0: but Probably. I, um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but first of all, just the explosion. Like they don't exactly go into detail about what these explosives were. Like I don't know if these are like, like what t- bomb? Like what what were they? I'm telling you, man.
1: How does like the man guy a, like it was have a phantom these? thief, and those were his calling cards. It was a he was playing a game with the police, like catch me if you can. It is
0: kind of funny though that like. He would leave them as calling cards. Like is that a little twisted or it is
1: it's it is twisted. Just, you know, they, they had to battle Okay, I keep finding pictures of people doing lines of cocaine with Pokemon cards. Oh that's not what I'm okay, for. Okay,
0: well I'm looking I found it. Police bust operation using Pokemon art cases to traffic cocaine.
1: What is a Pokemon art case? That's what I'm trying to figure out.
0: Okay. Um so Cocaine and Pokemon Go about as well together as oil and water, but that didn't stop drug traffickers from combining the two in a bizarre operation. Um, According to reports, took a joint effort by the Bristol County State Police Drug Task Force and the U.S. Postal Service to bust the operation. In total, two New Bedford men were arrested after police delivered a package to an apartment using an undercover postal inspector. Um, After the undercover postal inspector dropped the package off, Darren Casada Ruiz grabbed it and ran down the street, where he got into a Jeep Renegade. Not grenade, Renegade. Where police were waiting. Shortly after, police stopped the car and arrested its driver, 19-year-old Angel Rodriguez, along with 20-year-old Ruiz. On the art, oh, okay.
1: I got a picture of the art case in case you're curious.
0: Yeah, it's, like yeah, things. they have a, a picture here where they, that's what they were using. So once the cops have, in, have obtained a search warrant, they opened the package where they found two Pokemon art cases sealed with plastic, and inside of these were two kilograms of cocaine.
1: Two kilos.
0: So five similar packages had been sent from that same apartment to that same apartment from Puerto Rico over the last two months. So yeah, I guess they were using these Pokemon art cases because that would be, I guess, not. Suspicious. This is
1: the best time to bring back Detective Pikachu. It's like Nintendo New.
0: Yeah, kind of just an interesting. I mean, so what do we think of these? These explosions, the cocaine? Like, what's going like, on?
1: Man, like, all I can think of is pe- if people are doing all this with Pokemon, just wait until they get their hands on Digimon.
0: I feel like Digimon. I think when I think of Digimon, I think of more of like a hacking thing. Man, like, right? Like, someone do be- some hacking controversy.
1: And uh, that, that that Louisiana hacking thing happened. They hacked the heck DMV. Yeah. So the calling cart was an Agumon.
0: So that's the Pokemon TCG news. And one last little quick bit: the Pokemon 151 set I think just went up for pre order today. I heard too. In Japan or, yesterday. or here? Here, it's yeah. coming out in the United States on, or I guess in the West or whatever, on September 22nd. And I think I guess when you guys are listening to this, it will have been yesterday. But yeah, the Pokemon 151 set has got all the Kanto, Alt, art. I stuff. don't
1: care unless Tyranitar is in it.
0: Is he one of the first 151?
1: No. Then no. Then I don't
0: care. So yeah, get on that. Um, We'll try to maybe open some. I don't really normally open Pokemon cards, but this sounds exciting, so why not? But yeah, that's your Pokemon news. So I did
1: check to see if there's any updates on the Lorcana, uh, Ravensburger uh, story. Uh, no, we don't have anything new yet. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I have a, I have a thing. Unless you yeah. have another. you got Okay. NFT card game Z-Era suffers devastating hack. I, I'm just going to leave. I know. Uh, I know. <clears throat> hear me out. It's good because I don't like NFTs. So, um, $285,000 looted. Coin worth nearly erased. I don't know anything about this game. I'm just going to read what is on the article. Go for it. I don't like NFTs. I'm not a crypto guy. So, blockchain security firm Certik. It's like the K is up anyway. Reported that the NFT-based card game Z Era fell victim to exploitation, resulting in a staggering two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars loss. Let's dive into it. So here's the TLDR: Z Era, an NFT card game, suffers a hack, resulting in a loss of two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. Serdic uncovers an exploit involving an unverified contract deployed by an outside account. The attacker obtained one point eight million Zera tokens and sold them causing the Zara token price to plummet by 99%. Ooh. Additionally, 1,178.5 1, BNB. Bread and butter? Combos? Is transferred to Tornado Cash. I don't know anything about saying a lot of things dope. that I've never heard of. I think it's song. like a coin or something. And the stolen... Tokens represent around 27% of the total supply. Despite the incident occurring shortly after the game's launch, Z-Era remains silent regarding the attack. Okay, so... Um, this game apparently is an NFT card game that launched on only June 18th. Or the app debuted on June 15th, and the token launched on June 18th. And no one's been able to contact them since this attack. Night. This incident serves as a harsh reminder of the vulnerabilities within the NFT card game industry. Zera now faces substantial financial and reputational consequences from the hack.
1: Well, I, you know, I'm going to tell, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it really matters. You know why? Why? Because no matter how much I search, as far as Anna's concerned, the story happened, but these cards don't exist. Like Z, if you look for Z era card game, it's,
0: I don't know where it is, Paul. I can't find it. Don't exist, you say? I, I, Almost like NFTs are things that don't actually exist.
1: Like, I keep getting Zara the Mant and uh, Mazara the Devil. Well, you're supposed
0: to type in Z-era. hyphen I did. Okay. I'm
1: still well. getting Angel of Zara.
0: Yeah, so this is going to be one of those stories where I don't really know shit. I, I really don't. I don't actually have, like, a strong opinion. I'm not going to say, like, good for them. They lost money or whatever. I don't play NFT card games. I don't collect NFTs. I don't. Does it,
1: does anyone play NFT card That was going to be my
0: next question is like, is this like a, even a card game or is it more like just collectible? Like you like, just get the images and they're just kind of. Guys, you tell us. Masquerading as do y'all cards. y'all
1: play uh, NFT card games? Is, is that what y'all doing now? Like, you, Let me know. I
0: almost feel like they should. they can even be a card game. I feel like it would probably just be a collectible card But they call it
1: a card game in Oracle, huh?
0: Yeah, they do. I mean. This is so, there's just all this crypto stuff. like,
1: And then games, me, and someone eight. has to be able to win. But it uh, sounds like the hacker really won in the end. So.
0: Yeah. Well, um, don't play crypto games, people. Like, just don't.
1: Yeah. And we're not giving you financial advice, but we're just. We're I don't know. Like, yeah. I we just,
0: are giving you some life advice. Just don't. Like, I don't know what this just is. Just stay away from that. I, I, so, I don't know. Yeah. That's your little. I, I know, like, we always got to kind of get like some little AI or something story in here. So this is like kind of your alternative. Weird crypto story. Get, you, get
1: your crypto cards today, boys. Yeah, this
0: no, no, NFT game Z era. So stay away from it. It sounds like it's not a good place to be. I would have probably nice stay away there. from it even before this hack. But you know, that's neither here nor there.
1: You got anything else? Uh, well, the last story I had, it uh, turns out I actually didn't save it to my um, tablet.
0: Well, that's okay because we got a Nintendo Direct. Oh yeah, talk
1: about we got an entire Direct. So much tablet. like
0: with the Sony. Um, sort of state of play or whatever that we talked about a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. nintendo did their thing sorry we didn't cover microsoft i kind of forgot it was happening and i don't play microsoft consoles anyway so what happened i don't remember microsoft had a thing they announced some games oh okay but nintendo's one that happened this morning that's the time that we're recording this and i play a few nintendo games here and there so i've seen a switch uh any highlights from it from for you
1: oh man dragon quest monsters the dark prince oh you're into that I love Dragon Quest. I love it more than life itself. Uh, my first Dragon Quest was... Uh, well, it wasn't called Dragon Quest back then. It was localized to Dragon Warrior. and It was like Kobe's Journey, something like that. But it was a Dragon Quest Monsters like title where you collected the the very iconic-looking Dragon Quest Monsters and you had them battle. It was on the heels of Pokemon. Look, guys, Pokemon was popular, all right?
0: No, Everybody I thought, wanted to I do mean, it. I thought the Dragon Quest Monsters game looked really cool, too.
1: Yeah, but um, that game, uh, I think it's a sequel to Dragon Quest 4? Yeah, typically with Dragon Quest games you don't actually, the the order of the games doesn't really matter. They don't really share a universe most of the time.
0: Yeah, but there's like occasional references and stuff. Yeah, there are
1: references. and In this case, I think this one might just be set in the same world as Dragon Quest 4, which means I need to replay Dragon Quest 4 so that I can be fresh and ready for this game when it releases December
0: 1st. My only real major exposure to Dragon Quest was watching The Adventures of Dai, which is a great anime. introduction,
1: but not good enough. Very good anime, though. Play Watch Dragon Quest
0: VIII. I've heard good things about that, too. I just I love just, that I just game. Have love the it time so much. I Anyways, yeah, so that's really cool. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I've watched the anime, the game looked good. I thought it was kind of cool that it's more of a monster tamer kind of RPG mm-hmm. and not just your characters and their things. Because I do remember when I watched the anime that I feel like the monsters were such a cool part of it because they were like there were a lot of cool designs like the creatures and the monsters and mayhem are just goofy. And they're kind of goofy looking, but they also did not do most of the fighting. They were like mobs in some cases, but you know.
1: And Dai was mostly friends with monsters, so he really wasn't like it's like killing them as much.
0: So I guess some highlights of this. Uh there's Pokemon DLC.
1: Oh yeah, the um Teal Mask. No. It teal mask and something disc,
0: yeah. I don't remember what they were called, but like there's one that. where it's like kind of this country festival place, and then another where it's like, a, it's like the, there's an the, island on the water. Yeah, uh, that school. one had
1: the, the turtle thing, and the festival one had the one wearing the mask, the two different legendary Pokemon.
0: So, I didn't play a lot of Scarlet and Violet, but you've played a good bit of it. I did, How do you yeah. feel about these DLCs? I can't wait.
1: Um, Scarlet and Violet have the were the, some of the most complete pokemon games we've had in quite a while, and the only way to make them better was d l c and we're finally getting that so
0: yeah, maybe complete in one way I know they complete in terms of maybe like performance I know people had different opinions on that
1: oh i've i i don't judge pokemon games by performance because if you did that, you'd never be satisfied like pokemon games aren't good like <laughs> performance wise they're just not
0: yeah um. So that was a thing. Um. I saw a new Sonic game, which has actually already been announced, like a, about a week back. That was the that Sonic was the, Superstars, the Sonic
1: uh, Hero Shooter, right?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, Sonic Superstars. I'm kind of looking forward to. I saw that Persona Five uh, Tactical game. Um. That was cool. Turn based strategy. Mm-hmm. A lot of turn based strategy games in this presentation.
1: I think. Um. In a weird way, this the modern era of action gaming. Has made people nostalgic for the turn based days of old.
0: And I don't have any problems with that because I think that what's sort of what you're seeing happening is that these game series like Final Fantasy, like with 16, for instance, mm-hmm. it's kind of gone. It comes out this week. And it's really gone like fully action. Yep. Right. And, and it's been like a, the Final Fantasy series has been kind of moving in that direction for a long time. So if you want to find that more like kind of retro JRPG fix, you have to either look to like Dragon Quest. Or some of these like indie games and things. Or like, you know, the spoiler kind of like Super Mario RPG, like that remake and stuff, it feels like there is a growing like that's regrowing again, like you know, yeah, the,
1: People wanna people wanna take their time. They don't they don't wanna just mindlessly press the same button to do like your three different combos. Hundred hit combo. And, so and yeah, and persona, again. five all right, look all guys, I'm just gonna say it. We're tired of playing Devil May Cry in every title.
0: Yeah, um uh, said it. I won't take it back. This Detective Pikachu game—that's kind of
1: a—that one caught me off guard. Yeah, but um, it grew on me because Pikachu's voice just sounds so not Pikachu.
0: What's it sound like?
1: So Detective Pikachu sounds like the guy at the at, at like the diner who like. Smokes a cigar before getting his coffee smacks the waitress on the thigh as she walks by and like mutters like angry things as he reads his paper
0: and then goes home and beats his wife
1: like that's what Pikachu he had sounded a rough like. voice yeah. uh, kind of I'm sure he has a heart of gold if it, if it's anything like the poke the um the movie then he's poke he's, Pikachu is really just some detective trapped in a Pikachu's body mm-hmm. And, um, he, you know, he, but he, he wants to, like, stop crime or whatever. But um, it looked nice. It
0: was cool. It kind of gave me the vibe that it was, like, a 3DS game in development, and they, like, made it a Switch game. That's
1: what every Pokemon game feels yeah, like. They all look kind of like
0: that. So Yeah, I'll, I'll play it. I, I remember seeing the, the Detective Pikachu movie and liking it. That sure. was the one with uh, really Justice nice. Justice uh, Smith. Smith. Yeah, Justice yeah, Smith. That was a nice-looking movie. It Shame was. We didn't get a sequel to it.
1: I think it was extremely expensive. I think I heard it was like it was just a, the a monumentally it, expensive movie.
0: Um, so Super Mario RPG that gets you know a complete like HD I, remake. I
1: hadn't even heard of that game until I saw the trailer. So I've never
0: played Super Mario RPG. I've heard loads about it. I know it's very got like a cult following. You know there are people who like the character Geno from it. They always want him like in Smash Bros. And so that looks really cool. I like the look. Um, I'll give it a crack. I mean, I really liked the Paper Mario games, and I feel like Super Mario RPG was kind of a, six, or a not successor, but a precursor to them in a way. Mm. So this seems cool. Like can a new generation of goes. people can enjoy this. Oh, you're not too into it?
1: I don't buy Mario games.
0: Wow. <laughs> no, I don't actually, I don't know what to expect, but I'll get it. I'll see. There's also a game about Peach, though they did not give many concrete details. It's just kind I of a teaser. I think
1: given the, uh, what happened with the Mario movie, Peach, Peach's role they gave her a more active role in the movie and it was actually well received by a lot of people at least from the people I, I spoke to and some of the things I read online and some of the artwork I saw online. Anyway, uh, I think this was just what was guaranteed to happen. You know? Yeah. We're always looking for more ways to spin off these major franchises and
0: Giving a character their own game is always fun too.
1: Yeah, like Luigi's Mansion, you know. Just yeah, they're,
0: re-ma- they're remaking Dark Moon, I guess, with like updated mm-hmm. HD graphics. That's a cool one.
1: You know, because just for just as just as many, um, oh, anyway, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> for every cease and desist Nintendo puts out, they oh also remake the game they're cease and desisting you for.
0: Woo! True though. Um <laughs> Yeah, a few other games, uh like the Dungeon Crawler game, Silent Hope, um stuff like that. Again, Silent
1: Hope had a, an interesting thing going on. With it had I liked the like the anime cutscenes it had. Same. And there's something to say about a game that's just a dungeon crawler, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean I'm telling it's almost like that turn based RPG thing where like we're kind of getting back to just these more I guess retro-feeling genres of, like, RPG and stuff like that?
1: I think because the the triple A ceiling has become so high. Or just these
0: cinematic games that must be action and everything. And
1: every major studio, they end up making those types of games. Like, sometimes you just want to bring it back down.
0: Yeah, there's, like, Mario and Rabbids DLC. There's... um, So I was surprised by that. Mario Kart DLC. Okay,
1: no one should have been surprised by that.
0: Um, and then this new Super Mario Bros. game, um, it's Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Oh, yeah. Which looks a lot the, like, like the new Super Mario Bros. games. But it's vibey. It's very vibey, yeah. it's It feels like what my first thought was like, you know, I don't know how much you know about like this new Super Mario Bros. games. There's like four of them. Yeah. First one was on DS, then they made it on Wii, then they made it mm-hmm. on 3DS, then they made it on Wii U. And the first time they made it, it was super fun and very novel. Right. New Super Mario Brothers. That was the
1: one with Giant Mario, right? Yeah, the Mega yeah. Mushroom.
0: Then they made the Wii version, which had, like, two-player co-op, and it was really cool, like a console mm-hmm. version We of played this.
1: that in the dorms.
0: The, we played the Wii U one. Oh, Wii we U. Were Look,
1: in. I don't know the difference between a Wii and a Wii U.
0: And most people didn't. That's <laughs> That was the, their big problem. Um, and then on 3DS, it came out, and then it came out on Wii U. And those latter two was where people kind of had gotten a little, like, Why are we calling it new Super Mario Bros? Like the third and fourth one, because it's new. The formula felt very, you know, like it's been a little bit done to death. This felt like if they actually took that and made it new and fresh and like Mm -hmm. unique. I liked the art style. I liked um, the just the weirdness that Wonder Flower, where when you touch it, you just something will happen.
1: This, I think, this is the first game where Daisy's playable.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So just I, I don't know I thought that that was very uh that was cool. Um overall I thought it was a cool direct. Was there anything else I might have missed a few? I mean there's a lot of games shown. A lot of indie focused stuff, which is nice.
1: Plenty of indie games. And can someone tell me what a Splatfest is?
0: You sound like such an old guy. Cause like, someone talk about a Splatfest? Now? I was
1: just mad because they, they did direct and like Splatoon was up there and they were saying some nonsense I didn't understand. And they're like, and now there's a new Splatfest and I never figured out what a Splatfest was.
0: Yeah, well... Is it a
1: festival? Do we I buy things? I don't understand. I don't get Splatoon. That's for, the, that's, for, that's for the other people. That's
0: for the younger people. So, um... Yeah, all in all, a good direct... If I had to give it a grade, because I know it's like popular on the internet to grade these things, I really have nothing to compare this to. I don't watch that many Nintendo directs, really, so I, I'm not sure like what the norm is.
1: Just compare it to the last direct you saw. I don't
0: even know what that was.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna give this
0: like a, a, a B plus, A minus. I don't know. I mean, like it didn't have anything like where it's like new Smash Bros, new Zelda, or whatever, new 3D Mario, but solid games and something that I remember you pointed out while we were watching is Nintendo gives a lot of us. Uh, sh- sh- Screen time to their indie titles, and I think that that's really is, do.
1: They do, that's cool. They, I guess they select which ones they think have the most potential, and they put them in these directs.
0: Because I imagine if you're like an indie dev, uh, that's a big deal, like that can really make or break whether or not your game kind of gets the like, attention, the you eyes. Know,
1: Steam is gonna st- throw you on the home page, yeah, not Steam, unless you're some weird, Steam like, is sex probably, it's game. so
0: loud. And oh, I know, yeah. Steam is <laughs> such a loud place, and there's something like weird simulator thing. Like so.
1: Sony will like still spotlight some of their games, but it's not nearly to the degree that Nintendo does.
0: So all in all, I think like yeah, Nintendo Direct was it was cool.
1: Yeah, I thought it was dope. You I got a grade for it? What you giving it? Mm, I give I give it a thumbs up. Same,
0: same. Uh, let us know. Oh, yeah, what are you guys interested in? If you even like play Nintendo consoles,
1: or do you not play games at all? And all you do is play
0: Yu Gi Oh. Yu Gi Oh is the only thing you know. Well, that brings us, I think, to the pot... You know, we got to do some pot every time we uh, do this podcast. That's right. We
1: have this. We have And, guys, pot. do you know what pot of greed does? I don't know.
0: Tell me. Oh, my God. It was a good recycling joke forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're going to pull cards from the pot. We each get to draw two. So these are different viewer-submitted prompts that you guys sent our way. Um, All right. Be sure to, like, follow us on, like, you know, Twitter at Team APS and community tab and stuff. That's usually where we ask. All right. You drawn first. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. This is simple. It's uh, rank the Yu-Gi-Oh anime.
0: Rank them. Okay. All oh right. boy. Okay. I want to say this right off the bat. i have not seen all of them, so I all don't right. think that I can give like a fair rating. So I'm sorry in advance for when I inevitably.
1: Let's put them on an imaginary tier list. Or
0: we're we so, gonna do this collaborative. Yeah.
1: Let's let's do okay. it together. Okay. Okay. So what is there an S tier Yu-Gi-Oh anime? Is there one that is, it's a must-watch, mandatory, you have
0: to see this? Ooh. No, actually. I, I don't think there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! anime disaster. I know that's a harsh thing to say. I know that yu like, wow. Yu-Gi-Oh! I've, I've just never found Yu-Gi-Oh! anime really in total to be, like, great anime or anything. I mean... But if I had to give something an S tier within the confines of, like, just we're talking about the Yu-Gi-Oh animes that exist and so something's maybe got to be S, the boomer in me wants to just be like, okay, put DM up there because, like, mm-hmm. it's DM. I know, I know, I know that, like, it gets rehashed to hell and we get, like, Blue Eyes and Dark Magician stuff all the time. They get all the merch and it's, like, really annoying. And I know that there are some very huge flaws with those, with, like, that anime. Story-wise, character-wise, the duels aren't even really all that good when you look at them in hindsight. Like, they don't hold up. But it's, you know, Battle City, man. It's so, Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: and I actually agree. I think uh, DM is S tier. If for no other reason, then you don't get to enjoy what Konami is putting out unless you have watched Dual Monsters. They're gonna keep reprinting these cards. Gonna keep showing these characters. You might as just, you might as well just do it. I would say, in.
0: like, if it's up to me, I would say just you could. Really just watch the Battle City arc, and that will give you wow. the meat of the experience. Disrespecting Duelist Kingdom. I think, well, watch Duelist Kingdom for sure, and like watch Battle City. You and can then skip, stop. You can skip the <laughs> Noah thing, watch Battle City Finals, and you can stop. Like, the rest of it, I mean, not to say the other arcs aren't good, but just that, like, if you want the core experience, but not have to endure, like, 200-some-odd episodes or whatever, then, it, yeah.
1: Okay, so A-tier. So... Very so, this will be our just our very good Yu Gi Oh! anime.
0: Now, this gets into the realm of I have not finished any of these, <laughs> but what are you thinking? So,
1: I'm gonna go ahead and give my A tier to Yu Gi Oh! 5Ds. Okay, um, I think it had the most novel premise. Just out the gate, the whole card games on motorcycles thing. If you, at least in the English dub, the 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 openings fire. I mean, killing fast, and like the synchro dragons were cool. They are objectively cool monsters.
0: I think, and of course, like you say, the protagonist was kind of the first. He just felt so different. He's a little edgy, a little you know. He's a a good guy guy, though. though. Um, yeah, I think that that's fair. I would also put. So this one's going to be weird. I think that there's people who are going to like say like just a definite no to this. But I've heard really good things about Zexal.
1: I knew you were going to do that. I knew yeah, you were going to put know, Zexal know, in 18. I know, I
0: know. I think people have the wrong idea of Zexal, and I really want to like dispel some of it. Not like in this How? podcast. How? You didn't but, even finish it. But I've just heard good things, and from the like clips I've watched and kind of the latter half of it and stuff... I think it probably deserves it. People say this it has got a really good story. It but is they crazy. Say that I
1: keep hearing that too. Maybe it's you telling me that. I don't know. But I keep hearing really good things about Zexel.
0: So and it's like I'm throwing something on a tier list that I have not actually finished. So like I don't, don't, don't take it with a grain of salt. What's but crazy
1: is you hear these things about Zexel and then all these other Yu Gi Oh shows that are, that are supposed to be better than Zexel, you don't hear nearly as, as much, much about praise them. I'm telling about you, man, them. there was a
0: time when the kids were number hunters. I remember it like they were kids, teenagers. Like, they wanted actually like a number hunt in real life.
1: All so. right, B tier.
0: Uh, gonna throw... I know like our metrics aren't really even... Like we haven't decided like what this what throws an anime into tier.
1: Like what so, anime do you think Vrains. is worse than 5Ds?
0: So, I think range is actually pretty cool. I've only seen a little, but the duels were very good because the duels are much more accurate to real life. That's all though. That's all I know. I mean, I don't so know too much more.
1: I so uh, Vrains is the anime that I actually have the least amount of experience with, but given what I've heard about Vrains, I think that's probably a, f- a fair spot, if not a tier. Um, I would actually give B tier to GX. Okay. GX, um, it, it's a it's a it's contentious because the English dub of of GX is so different. It's
0: such a different show. What,
1: you got in the Japanese version; they're pretty much night and day. Yeah, but I think um, the humor is is right for me. I really enjoyed GX's humor early on, and like uh, the
0: dub. You mean like with the dub? Yeah, with the dub. Yeah, for sure. But um, same writers as like Digimon season two and like the right. Digimon movie Gold.
1: So many people will say that was to the detriment of the actual plot of the show and the pacing and whatnot. And
0: I think it works because like. Well sorry, you finished your thought first.
1: Well you can't forget the most damning thing about GX and why it cannot be in A tier, at least if you're from the West. They didn't finish it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Like now if you switched over to the Japanese version, you could finish G X and get into yeah, all that the dark stuff. Your. But I mean it didn't finish in the West and I think if you're looking at the G X dub, you cannot place it in A tier.
0: Yeah, I think um well, I think, like, you know, DM is kind of the, the... It's the OG. It's got, like, just iconic characters and music and moments and all that stuff. GX, people give four kids lots of flack. Like, oh, they're so bad at this dubbing. But, like, GX, was it's a fun ride. Like, mm-hmm. for... Especially for, like, kind of the audience that would have been watching it at the time. Like, kids, teens... The, it's funny. Everybody's kind of just cracking jokes the whole time. And it's, it's puns and... I don't know. It's also the first anime where they started using archetypes. So, even though, like, the archetypes sucked, it was... I think better than DM in that way, so I don't know. I think it deserves a B, maybe A. I don't know.
1: Now, uh, I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm I'm big on endings, so because of that, I, it would never get any higher with me. But even though I do love GX, um, C tier. So I guess this is what. There's I guess, not many anime really? left.
0: <laughs> arc five, right?
1: Yeah. So I like GX. I did enjoy Arc five. But I cannot put Arc 5 over any other Yu-Gi-Oh! anime purely because in that once you if you once you get past everything else, you get to that last arc of Arc Five, that kind of story downhill. is uh, It goes downhill. It's not fun.
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that it had production trolls as like, well. It starts though, moving I mean,
1: fast, yeah. it's confusing. You introduce they introduce characters extremely late in the show, like
0: and I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say I cannot rank the seven shows. I just I, I really have not seen like I don't I like the first like twelve episodes of sevens or so that we watched. I mm-hmm. we remember watching that and that and that was interesting. So maybe I would just throw it in like B or something and call it a day. But I just I don't know anything about it. I
1: follow someone on Twitter who loves like Yu Gi Oh sevens, especially the new one. Was it Go Rush? Go Rush, yeah. They love Go Rush and. Like, may, one day, uh, I might give it a try and find out. Mm-hmm. Cause, I mean, like, it might be that Zexel situation where maybe it, it like it starts off rough and really picks up. Or maybe it's just good all the way through, and I just didn't, I, I just didn't know because I thought I was too old
0: for Yu-Gi-Oh. Still want to see a Yu-Gi-Oh female protagonist. Uh, just the fact that we haven't really...
1: Girls can't have you in their name.
0: Yeah, apparently not, according <laughs> to the... No, yeah, I, I, we, we really need that, though. Like, in all seriousness, I think it would be a good... It's good for many reasons. My turn to pull a card from the Pot of Greed. That's our very uninformed anime tier list. We, yep, we're professionals. Did you give Pokemon types and weaknesses? No, there's already too much to keep up with. Next that question. Is, that's fair. But just think, let's but take no, a second to think would. about it. So I remember they had it in, in Duel Monsters and stuff yeah, like Duelist Kingdom. In Duelist
1: Kingdom, we did have relationships like that. Though it was still fuzzy at best.
0: Yeah, it was always kind of what the plot needed. Attack the moon. Like, my monsters turns up the heat and evaporates the water on the feet. Like <laughs> Yeah, and it causes Jinzo to rust. And then it's like, no, Jinzo actually has a super atomic armor it's rust resistant for 10,000 years. And 1,000 dragons, only like 1,000. Yeah. Cool. If Yu Gi Oh was maybe more of a, like a board game kind of that type of so, RPG
1: stuff. That actually does remind me. There was a game in the old Yu Gi Oh manga. Um, it was like it was like I think this was technically maybe the first card game Yu Gi played, but it was some like dragon attribute based game where you had like a metal dragon, a wood dragon, and the game was was in a sense like rock paper scissors, and mm-hmm. each attribute beat the other one. However, Yu Gi played it. And I thought it was really interesting as a kid, so I made my own cards, and I uh, oh. recreated that uh, that game. I wish I, I wish I had just remembered all of it, and I, could, I wish I had the like little cards I had made.
0: You gotta look that up but, back there. It sounds kind of fun. But yeah, it was it
1: was it was, it was that was an attribute based game, or one beat the other. I mean, I it wasn't Yu Gi Oh though.
0: If it okay, it was, let's let's humor the question a bit more. If it did have oh,
1: we, there's a card based on it, um, the trap card that locks up three zones. Three uh oh three uh spell and trap zones.
0: Oh no, like Zing yeah Zing Zen Huck unboxed two cards or something. I
1: think that card was actually based on that? Based on what I saw in that manga. Is that I think.
0: similar to what you see in the like, the card Trade In where like there's like the dragon piece on a board? No.
1: That's more of like a, I, I know, that that looked like chess. I don't know what like
0: that is. I don't There's so many cards that have these references. What I was gonna say is let's humor it a bit and just assume that like were were type weaknesses and resistances, what would they do? Would it mean that, like, the monsters gain, like, attack when they attack a monster of that type, I assume?
1: But what would be... So, I feel like it would have to be more attribute-based than type-based. I think type gets too confusing.
0: Because we have fish, sea serpents, aqua... But you know what, though? I think Pokemon has, I believe, 18 or 19 types. That's too many. And Yu-Gi-Oh! has, like, 18 or 19 types. So, in theory, yeah. So, in theory... (laughs) <laughs> you look so suspicious but i think they have about like roughly the same amount of types so in theory they could have like a chart it's just that memorizing that sort of chart just gives me a headache because like there's just i just too don't much understand
1: how a fish would have any different strengths and weaknesses to a sea serpent
0: oh you think those are bad what's an aqua an aqua like it's not look, a, aqua
1: beat pyro unless pyro beats aqua because it makes the water evaporate
0: and then i makes you wonder, well, okay, so then I guess this fire does Pyro beat fish because it would, like, fry the fish? Or, I, yeah, it,
1: or it, maybe fire can't be underwater, so it can't you affect You quickly the fish. realize
0: that element, things like that are best when, like, they're in a video game. Can kind of, you can just be reminded of, like, okay, it's it just says on screen. It's super effective, and it does the yeah, calculation the, da- the for game you. does it for you. If And you go, you had to kind of, like, pull out your book and be like, oh, wait, no cybers. What's cybers super effective again? What is like, a cybers? I don't even know what a cybers is, so... Yeah, now we're about to get the uh what is it? The illusionist, the Illusionist type, which just at least they could base that on Which that's more of like one of those super types, like Gemini
1: and Spirit and
0: stuff. Yeah, but they're adding it to like it's yeah, just a type. And, yeah, thing. it's it's in. Yeah, okay. So to answer the question, um no it shouldn't have them. I, no, I just that would not, be a different game. It'd be a different game. It's not that they don't belong in a different game, but I think you guys are just too much to keep up with. Yeah. Draw you your second card, Duelist. All right, let's see. So I can change roll and Lockbird. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, should Yu-Gi-Oh have specific sets for formats like Goat and Edison?
0: Hmm. What do you think?
1: So, th- this very idea reminds me a lot of like the Battle Pack sets, where yes. they made sets specifically for sealed play. I know that one of the reasons why Konami didn't go back to them is they didn't sell well. And guys, we all know, we saw those things sitting on shelves back in the day. We did. Like we weren't trying to buy them. There were there were no cards we wanted and sealed play as like, as far as casual play was not that big. Yeah. Now, Edison and Goat are significantly larger than they were in the past, especially Edison. I think I saw a post online saying that sign-ups for Time Wizard tur- for the uh yeah, Time Wizard started, tournaments yeah. at Nats is already booked. Like sold out. Even, oh, I
0: didn't see that, but okay.
1: That's what I think I saw. I think I saw that. Don't okay. Like, don't don't slay me. Don't surprise me. But um yeah, an Edison set, maybe even a GOAT set could be popular, but I disagree. Well, it could be popular but not sell well, is yeah. what I mean.
0: So yeah, that that's where my opinion is is that I think there's a trick to it. Yeah, I think if you just made like an Edison product, mm-hmm. that would be hard to market. I know, I know what people are listening and They're like, "But I like Edison. A lot of people play it." Yeah, but like think about what that like is when that's sitting on a Target shelf or a Walmart shelf, that doesn't mean anything to like really a, a very casual person or a newcomer or a parent or whatever. Like it just it, it feels maybe too specific. Now, it's not to say that I think it's, like, worthless and shouldn't happen, but I think that you do what Konami kind of already does, and you sneak the cards into sets. You make sets that are marketed as one thing, but, like, really they reprint a lot of edits and stuff. They did that a lot with Speed Duels. when I mean, They made those, like, Speed Duel Battle City products and stuff. It would be, like, a cool Speed Duel product. It stands on its own right. But secretly, a lot of what they were doing, especially with the foil cards, like those Secret Rare promos in them, was there would just be secret rare versions of popular cards from goat format. And that actually, you know, it kind of went into the design of the products, at least from what I've heard through the grapevine. So I think that you can do the same with Edison, where you kind of just make a GX-themed product or something, but then suspiciously that's kind of where you slide in a lot, of like the Gladiator Beast Light Sworn, you know, whatever, or... Like, maybe you can make, like, a 5Ds product, but, like, this quick draw Synchron and, like, Blackwing value, and you kind of release them alongside new things. You have to be, like, strategic about it. And I want to repeat, I'm not saying this because, like, I hate Edison or anything like that, or that there isn't demand for it somewhere. It's just that that demand is very niche, and that, I think, from Konami's perspective, like, as business decisions go, they need to make sure the product is still... They have to be to sell appealing.
1: product all over the country at a massive level. So something quite that niche would not... I don't think it would make it to store shelves.
0: Yeah, so time to draw my second and final card. It's worth the chain, Ash. This isn't even a Yu-Gi-Oh question. Would you get a Neuralink? I don't know who asked this. It's actually funny. It's because it like <laughs> does make me think of like something... Okay, before I answer the question, Seto Kaiba 100% is, like, sort of the tech guy. In, yeah. In, you know, he's the Elon Musk of Yu-Gi-Oh! or whatever. Maybe a more, maybe a better one. But um, he would 100% make something like this, where you inject it into your brain and, like, you can just... Now, now the cards are in here. Because, you know, in, in the 2016 movie, in Dark Side, Admissions, their cards just, like, materialize.
1: Well, I remember because he has a whole like satellite cloud-based system, yeah. and your dual disc just downloads the data.
0: So, Yu Gi Oh wise, I 100 percent think this is like the coolest idea ever. I ain't get a neuralink though. Man. You can't. I don't For think context
1: can, guys. A neuralink is essentially it was a uh, a like brain a, implant. Yeah, it's like a, it's a it's a chip that gets implanted in your brain that lets you interface, uh, kind of like a computer with the internet.
0: And it's supposed to be able to help people, you know, who are maybe, say, paralyzed or something. They can, like, move again. Or mm-hmm. people, like, so it can help with a lot of, like, men, like, just mental or physical illnesses or diseases and things. So that's supposed to be kind of the medical benefits to it. And it can, of course, be another way to interface with technology and computers. But also, like, God, that seems scary.
1: Yeah, like, guys, I have to say, it is, like, it's a scary thing. The idea of being so connected with technology, yeah, I definitely get one, one hundred percent. On f- like, I, 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 w- I really wish I hadn't missed my chance with the with the early trials. I would have
0: gotten one immediately. Yeah, hell no, it's a hard pass for me. Nah, I would have done that. I mean, may- maybe like I could be convinced if they've gone through like once. It's like I will not be first wave. Oh no, I See, probably won't be second wave. I'll like wait until like the worst is happening. Don't, don't know.
1: You want the like proper like perfected one. That's oh, the one the, that brainwashes
0: the defa- you. Okay. I
1: want the prototype. I want the one that's a little buggy, so that when they send the signal to try and control me, it doesn't work. Yeah,
0: like, so I don't think I want
1: a Neuralink. Like you want to you you want to be a, a perfect control drone, not me. I'm trying. I'm trying to be You're the be defective. Like, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not too into the Neuralink thing. I mean, I think that if it was like a question of maybe just strapping on a VR headset and playing some Yu-Gi-Oh augmented reality thing. Sure, it already exists, not legally, as far as we know. Come on, Konami, get to it. Um, yeah, so not no airlink for me, but Alec apparently wants. One. Oh,
1: on site, on site. Once again, they were doing trials for it, and I could not, I did not know, I wasn't able to get an application in. I would have done it in a heartbeat <sighs> on everything.
0: All right. Well, I guess uh, those are the questions.
1: Yeah, that was our pot oh. of greed segment.
0: Yeah, we drew our cards. Did you guys enjoy it? Let us know what you thought of this episode of the podcast, anything that we talked about. Thank you again for submitting your questions, and be sure to follow us on social media, and of course, subscribe to the channel.
1: And guys, don't worry, we're going to keep up with um, our tally of how many pods we can go without a without Magic the Gathering the controversy. controversy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're at uh, eight episodes now, too, so we're almost at ten. We've been doing a pretty good job. Somehow. Thanks to everybody who's been tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Share the podcast, follow it. You can follow it on lots of platforms. Have a good time.
1: All right, guys. See you in the next one.